guest today is a talented audio engineer who has been making records in Portland for over 10 years at Jackpot Recording Studio. He has worked with Portugal the Man, Sleater Kinney, Quasi, The Decemberists, and Red Fang, to name a few. We didn't even come close to finishing this conversation, so hopefully he will be back for more episodes. I had a fucking fantastic time talking with my friend, Adam Lee. So I know you probably got good mic technique. You so, know what you're doing. Yeah, you know, it's, I'm usually on the other side of this. So it's, yeah. it's like, now it's like, uh, I got to practice what I preach. <laughs> there you go. Well, I wanted to ask you to start with, what made you decide to go into a career field where there are approximately 30 people doing it professionally? I know. There's nobody left. I know. It's such a hard thing to get into. It's really tough. Um, it, 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 you know, it was... Uh, a little bit of is a mixture of a handful of things. A, I'm a huge music fan, so being behind the scenes is just infinitely fascinating for me. You know, I get to and 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 that mixed with I've I got uh, I was fortunate early on to have a couple a couple gigs that um, made me you know kept me kept me afloat and and. There's, there's always been this thought, well, I've gotten this far. Well, you said earlier that you uh, played in a band. What do you play? Uh, in that band, I was playing guitar. Okay. Yep. And so I, you, you started playing music with people, and then you realized that you could potentially make money at it. You know, actually, it started, it, it, the, the, the origin story of how I actually got my hands dirty was my, my first band. I, uh, uh, in high school, I was 15, 16, and... We had five songs, and um, I, I went at dinner table. Asked my my parents, I was like, "Hey, how does how does recording work? You know, I want to be able to share this with people." And they were like, "Well, you know, you got to go to a recording studio." And I was like, "You know," so so we we looked into it, and it was six hundred bucks. And my mom was like, "No." <laughs> Like, no. Nah. She's like, go, go practice guitar. And exactly. We'll talk about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, well, I got to figure out a way to like do this. And so um, I was on guitar.com message boards and this dude was selling this SG and behind the, uh, the guitar was a four track reel to reel. And I was like, you know, you're trying to get rid of that. And he's like, it's yours if you can pick it up. My sister was driving to Georgia and I, and I called her and I was like, hey, are you passing through Texas? She's like, I'm in Texas right now. And I gave her this address. She's like, I'm 10 minutes away from that place. <laughs> Seriously. And so she so she picked up this this four track for me and brought it brought it back to Arizona. And uh and I started recording my band on it. And uh so it was and it was always this way to just record my friends' music. Just I was like some like if it's if access to recording is not for high school kids. How are young people supposed to show what they're doing, you know? And so that's where it really started. And you said that you graduated in 2005. Is that what you said? I think that's correct. From high school? Yeah. I, I am we really weird with numbers. I always remember numbers for some reason. You said 2005. So you were in high school from like 2001 to 2005. Yep. So that was before digital really started correct. to happen. So this is, yeah. So you, what did this four track record to? Cassette? Uh, no, it was a, a reel-to-reel. It was a quarter-inch tape. Oh, wow. It was a TAC 3340. Yeah. It was, Damn. A, it was like, you know, 100-pound, like... Uh, and 
So in that, in your original question of like, how did I get into this or decide to do this? Um, I realized actually too, that I was at the crest of the digital age where uh, like a PreSonus FirePod was $800 or $900 or something, you know, you can get them on reverb for like 80 bucks now. And, uh, you know, eight channel, the one of the first prosumer eight channel interfaces. And, uh, and I realized that if I start now and go hard, there's no one ahead of me. Like I'm like 16, 17. And if I just like go hard, there's not going to be some like prodigy 24 year old who just gets started and knows what he's doing. Like you got to like learn this stuff, you know, you got to like understand microphones and miking techniques and, you know, you got to mix up thousand songs before anything sounds good. So uh, that's kind of what I did. I just like, I, I, I'm the bass player in my band, but one of the first interfaces you could. And, you know, I had an SM57 and we started uh, in our in our dorm room. Yeah, we started like making a bunch of music in the closet. But with the, the quarter inch reel to reel, wasn't it hard to get tape to, to re-spool it? They're huge. They're, They're massive. Sh- yeah. Well, I, I didn't know anything. I mean, I, I knew literally nothing. All I brought it, I brought that thing into my uh, guitar instructor at, for a guitar lesson. I was like, my, I picked this up. I have no idea what I'm doing. And he kind of showed me how to spool it and um, the basics of like just like recording. And uh, this, uh, but how that machine works too, just a little nerdery is uh, like you only can listen to two tracks at a time. Because it was meant, it's technically a four track, but you have to flip it. Like, I even forget the the exactly how it works. But I, I emailed the dude that I picked it up from. Um, and I was like, hey, how do you get it? How can you listen to both channels? And he's like, well, you can't really on that machine, but I'll make you a cable. And he made me this like custom cable and sent it to me. Huh. I still use it all the time, actually. But yeah, so like I was just figure, I just, I mean, still to this day, I'm just like, you just figure it out, whatever's in front of you. So for people who don't understand what you're talking about, yep. if it was four track and you could only listen to two at a time, you could record one track, like one guitar and one vocal. And then you could just listen to those two and you'd have to flip it over to record two more? It was, I forget exactly how it worked, but it, it was... Um, it was... It, or, if you, or if you engaged all four tracks... Two of them were in. Uh, you could only listen to two. You only or something. could listen to two. It was, it was really, it was really weird because it wasn't meant to be a, a four track, multi track like recorder. It was, it was kind of a broadcast machine that did uh. like two at a time and to conserve quarter inch tape. It would do, you know, stack A or stack B. I forget exactly, but it was t- a total, a total mind confusion thing where I, you know, you really, you did to like figure out how to hear what you're trying to hear. But that's, 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 I mean, those early trials totally set me up for still to this day, you know, whatever's in front of you, you got to make sound out of it. You got to make it sound cool. When he had some street cred too, if you're rolling up with this huge, (laughs) no, right. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, what? This guy's fucking serious. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. 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 Yep. That's true. And and we went from that to uh, my friend had a hi-fi, like a Sony camcorder with a stereo mic on it. And we'd record onto that and then bounce it into uh, a computer super primitively 
all this stuff sounded pretty terrible, but it was a represent. It was like, at least I could hear back what we did without mm-hmm. that. Like there was no, I, you know, there's no, there was no easy way to do this. Yeah. Like, and that, so I was kind of last on the, um, uh, the, or, or, or really experiencing these things before the digital technology is to where it is where people demo on their uh, iPhone all the time. And it's great. So, I mean, there's more demos on iPhones. Like that's 90% of the demos people send me are just from their iPhone, you know, press record. And if that was available when, um, when, when, when I was in bands in high school, I probably wouldn't actually be doing this Yeah, because it, it would have been easy. Like, but the challenge of it just like kept me, kept that carrot in front of my head kept me like trying to figure out the next um uh how to how to capture sound I don't know. So do you think that you spent more time trying to record what you guys were doing as opposed to trying to write new songs like did you kind of put guitar in the back burner while you were learning how to use the the tape machine kind of yeah you you figured out that that was more it was exciting to you it was and it also was like if no one could ever hear what i did on guitar didn't matter what i was doing on guitar so I had to figure out how to, and this is actually still how it, you know, how I think too. It's just like, if, if, if you have to, you have to have, uh, whatever you're, you're making, it has to be represented well mm-hmm. in order for people to receive it. Like the, the bar is high. And, um, if you can't make it sound that good, whatever you're doing kind of doesn't matter i mean that's a that is a absolute stretch of 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 actually how it plays out but that's a mindset you know it's just like if i don't know how to make this sound good it doesn't matter what i'm playing yeah uh and a lot of people would argue that you know the song matters more than the recording and they're right for sure it's just the mindset of when you're the actual you're, you're the one in the chair trying to figure this out you know well, yeah, I always viewed it as that was an extra position in the band. Mm-hmm. You are responsible for helping everyone achieve whatever their vision is, and maybe they don't even know what it is. Definitely. And you doing a different mic technique or using a different mic or a different uh, amp can totally change everything that's happening. And like you become a part of the band. So you're heavily invested. You're not just like, you're not just driving the train. And, and punching a ticket and then going home, like, you're in it, yeah, man. You're yeah, you're really in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, it's really draining. Like, it's really draining. You have to really want to be in it in order to, in order to see the finish line and be, be happy with where you're at at the finish line. You, I mean, the last 10% of a record is, is grueling. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's really fun though. You know, it's really cool to see that happen. Yeah. So I was telling you earlier, and um, I've talked about it many times. I went to recording school in Phoenix and uh, while I was in the program, realized that I was probably not going to find a job doing it, which kind of sucks to figure that out when you're in the middle of college. Yeah. To figure out that you're, unless you really go for it like you did. Mm -hmm. I did not. And I knew that it wasn't going to happen. And so the problem for me was that all the albums that I wanted to record had already been recorded. And I didn't really understand that until I was in college. And it sounds really stupid now, but all the stuff that I really loved had already been recorded. And that doesn't mean that they haven't recorded 
some incredible stuff since 2005. But I finished up school and I had some friends that went on. Uh, one guy went and did some stuff with Kanye. Uh, this other guy did some stuff with some other large names. And I don't really talk to him much anymore. But the thing they always told me uh, earlier on when I did talk to him is that they would spend so much time on a specific song or a specific album, they just couldn't listen to it anymore. Yeah. So that also kind of sucks. Yeah. If you're so deeply involved with it, you're just like, no, man, I don't want to hear it. Yep. And it's not necessarily that you don't want to hear it um, because it's tired. You just, you can't enter, you know, it's like, it, it's like if you're in a marriage and then you get a divorce, you don't really want to spend, you don't want to go out to lunch with your ex. You know, it's, it's hashed out. It happened. You got whatever you got. I got whatever I got. And then, uh, but, but we don't need to hang out that much anymore. You know, there's, there's only a handful of records that I've done that I still, that I'll like listen to that, that I'm like a fan of. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of a lot of the stuff that I've done, but not, not in a way where I can't turn off the critical ear. Oh, so you listen to it and you think about all the stuff you could have done differently. Kind of, sort of, in a way. Yes. Yeah. 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 Basically. Um, Yeah. Or, or, or if not what I could have done differently, what have, what, what could have happened in the sessions that would have yielded a different result? Okay. Like, but, but, but do you ever listen to something and just think, I did that? Rarely. Rarely? Yeah, rarely. Like, huh. it's, 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 uh, but yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Rarely, though. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's, it just, you, you, I can't hear it like other people hear it. I get that. Yeah. So you, so it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit like a fan. Well, yeah, because the first time that you hear some song that changed your life, you're in the backseat of your car and you're going to McDonald's totally. to get a frost, like a sun, like totally all this stuff gets tied in all these memories. And uh, maybe the first time you kissed a girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. some song came on, like it, gets ingrained in you in a different way. And if you're in the studio and somebody you love and respect or just somebody you're working for, whatever, they come in and they play something for you. That's the first time you're hearing it. Yep. And maybe they're just demoing it Correct. on the guitar. Yep. And then you got to hear it 3000 times. Correct. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and in that, so you, you, you have a different, you have a different memory cachet mm -hmm. of the song. You know, the first time you heard it, it still could be super moving, but your experience with that song really actually ends when it gets released. Because huh. it's like, then I have I made that thing. So now everyone else gets to experience it. Um, but I, my, my like, uh, my moment with, with it was the, the, the weeks or months that we made it. And it changed a lot. So in that time, so whatever is out there is a version of what my mind saw. Mm -hmm. during the process. So it, it does hit different, but when, when you do something that is, that, uh, that sounds good and people think agree on it and enough time passes and then you hear it naturally. That's, that's when it, that's when, that's when sometimes I'll get that dopamine drip of like, Oh hell yeah. That's, yeah. that's dope. Yeah. 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 No, I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. Anytime you, this happens to me all the time. I'll just be in, um, like a target it sounds stupid, but I'll just be in some 
fucking generic store and I'll hear like a Mariah Carey song from the 90s. Yeah, that, man. That I haven't heard in 20 years. Yeah. And I'm like, I know why that song is so good. Yeah. It's, you don't want to admit it, but no, you know. know why it's yeah. good. Yeah. It's, it's so fucking tight. Yeah. And the, the musicians that are behind some yeah. of those things that have happened, you know, you think you talk about like uh, Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson. Yeah. Man. You go and listen to some of those albums. Yeah. It's, it's like a robot who is a human. I know. It could not be more perfect, yeah. but still not it have. That, yep. It's got emotion in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's just so tight. Budgets, man. You know, the 90s, there was big budgets for records. And every every record that I've been a part of that has a budget gets to see the vision longer and harder in comfort. You know, it, it, it budgets have a big thing to do with that Mariah Carey sound. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you can't, it's, and the thing is, is you can't fake it. It's like hours of mixing and hours of like tediously deciding what goes where, how, when, and, 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 and the people that were doing it back then, you know, they were masters, still are, but a lot of that stuff was to tape too. You know, they're the, 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 so the, even the, the level playing field that we are now in the digital age hasn't necessarily served music um, like like one would maybe hope. You know, it's just kind of, it's made crappier things sound better and it's made really good stuff sound crappier to some degree. I don't know, hot take, but <laughs> it's true. It's, 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 it's interesting because like I don't, I don't, when I like go to listen to music, I don't put on Mariah Carey, but like if I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, her big record um, with, she was on a swing or something. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was in eighth grade and I remember so well because I loved, I loved that record, man. And you couldn't also back then, you, everyone was listening to the same thing. Yeah, you couldn't get, you know, there wasn't these subgenres that were that were that a lot of you know a lot of people hang out in now, which I love. But it was, you know, there was no access to that. There was no, so it's just yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's weird because when you write a really good song, it really doesn't matter what genre it is. If you write a really good song and you have people helping you produce it and it's recorded well, yep. It will translate no matter what. 100%. I agree 100%. I mean, a good song, I, I, I always I think, you know, can, can, can hang out in different genres. And especially today, like current music is genreless, like all of it. Folk, for like, you know, I indie turned into pop, like from like, you know, 2015 to current. It's just people will be like, oh, we're, you know, we're an indie rock band or whatever. And it's, it's, it's a straight pop band, which is fine. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't judge, but it's just the categorization of, 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 of genres. Um, you can be weird, but you still have to have a hook. You have to have a hook. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have something, you got to, you got to grab the attention, make someone feel that's really what it is. It's, it's, it's how do you, um, how do you make someone feel something? Uh, I, I have this, this buddy, he's got a studio in, in Texas and um, we were talking one day. We were talking about the early years of fucking up and like screwing up and like whether people knew or not, that was just what we were talking about. And he was like, man, I was sitting, I was tape hopping 
uh, early on. And I just thought to myself, he's like, this is black magic. He's like, we mined metals from the ground, like make microphones, charge them with electricity to capture air, (laughs) air. And then that goes to tape. And then it gets spit out of the tape through a bunch of windings, carbon faders to go out these magnetic things. Also, we have levers of emotion. Uh He's like, this is black magic shit, man. It is because, I mean, until what, like the 30s when they started recording on wax, you nothing was recorded Mm -hmm. ever. You, If you wanted to hear something... You had to witness it yeah, in yeah, person. Yeah. And I had a conversation with somebody about Beethoven, and it's just come back to me now. We have we really have no idea what he expected those compositions to sound like. Because it's not recorded by him ever. I know. They we could be playing it completely differently than whatever he wanted it to be. Yep. That's the that's the the benefit of recording things for posterity yeah yeah you know him it it was either uh mozart or beethoven that had a sister it was mozart it was mozart who was also child prodigy yeah and then and then she but she just got pushed to the side man she was a girl they didn't care about that i know and all her shit got lost yeah and she was supposedly just as good as he was that's what he said yeah you know yeah it's pretty wild i know so I just read that and I was like, I was super fascinated by that fact. I was like, man, like, the, and it, what it brought to mind too is just the amount of uh, music that has just been lost because of our like social concepts of what deserves to get brought to the surface. Well, yeah. And now anybody can record anything. So there's, there's more good stuff rising, but there's also a lot more bad stuff. Agreed. Agreed. You know, in this the music changes so quickly um not just genres but uh how it is how it is brought to light that whenever i kind of get bummed out on like man there's a bunch of crap going on or like it, it changes you know it will it will it will change that you know you go from records to tapes to cds to records to streaming you know it's just like along the way this, those are all industries that get disrupted ended re- resurrected and and uh and and behind those industries are people mm-hmm. you know it's it's a weird it's a super fast it, you're in and out you, you got five good years you're out it's, it's 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 really weird and that's actually part of the reason that i'm like stick around i think the whole thing is super fascinating just to watch these people like you cannot you can't get to a certain place in the music industry without being like super passionate about it with whatever it is mastering to, to 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 vinyl manufacturing like to 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 the t-boy like if he's not or she's not passionate about it like they're out well passion is a, a good um thing to sell no matter what industry you're in that Agreed. that translates people can recognize that yep no matter what you're doing if yep. you display that you are enjoying it Yep. It just, I don't know. People can read that and they appreciate it so much more. Yeah. And that's what makes certain types of music so genuine and certain recordings so genuine. But what I was thinking about is that crossover point. I always get so fixated and fascinated on that point 
that happens right before something blows up where you're just like a regular dude Mm -hmm. and then you're just like sitting in your room playing guitar one day and you come up with some riff and then you go record it with a guy like you and then just fucking gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that thing that happens where you are a normal person and then you're not anymore, that's a crazy, crazy thing. Agreed. Yeah. Fucks a lot of people up. It does. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I kind of get it. Like the, if you if you feel the weight of the expectation to keep the party going, like it only can go for so long, you know, the people that drift off into the background, but still keep making the stuff. That's, that's when the, you get some longevity, like from my observations, like, you know, some people get lucky. I think Radiohead is probably the best example. They, they were I Ra- mean, radio who? <laughs> who are you talking about what? here? Huh? They have been I don't know, a hundred different types of band, but mm-hmm. they they were a specific type of band until Kid A. Well, yeah, no, right before OK Computer. So I forget which one was before that. The Benz, maybe? But it was like 98, 99. They were kind of like grunge rock, mm-hmm. pop rock kind of. But then when they put out OK Computer. I mean, yeah, that's. It changed everything. Yeah. And then they could do whatever they wanted. Correct. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. And they, uh, I love Radiohead. Yeah, man. And every time they put out an album, I hate it. <laughs> you know, the first time, uh, a, heart, uh, uh, a Moonshaped Pool, mm-hmm. that's the first one that I didn't like off the bat. Yeah. You're like. I love these guys. How is it so bad? I know. But then you listen to it three, four, six, eight months later, and you're like, oh my God, it's incredible. Totally. Yep. It's interesting that it's exactly, I mean, up until the, uh, it's a moon-shaped pool, right? Yeah. It's like a heart-shaped pool, heart-shaped box. What the fuck are we talking about? (laughs) Um, That was my first experience with that, with with Radiohead. And it was really weird. But yeah, six months later, I'm like, oh yeah, I know I love this. But uh, Kid A, like changed my life. Yeah. Like that actually is like probably my the f- favorite record, whatever, like, but it's one of the most impactful records that like ever, ever hit me. I, mean, I remember the first moment I heard it. I remember like, there's all these like super um, intense, intense memories that are associated with that change of, the, um, and I heard it before, but it was like, when, when I re- really sank into it was right before I moved to Portland actually. And it just like, I don't know. It just like rearranged my brain. Hard to explain. Did it tie in with all the stuff you were talking about before we started recording about leaving Phoenix? Yes and no. It does retrospectively, but at the moment, I wasn't I wasn't like connecting the dots, if that makes any sense. Like um it was it was like a new frontier in, in my mind. Um, that, that was the soundtrack too. So yes, to answer your question, totally. But, um, you know, like the first time I heard how to disappear completely, I was in the back of where I was, uh, my family used to go to Michigan every summer for like vacation. My friends, uh, my parents' friends had a cabin up there and it's hot as shit in Arizona, as you know. And so in like July, basically we'd, we'd drive up to Michigan and, um, my friend's sister burnt me, Kid A, uh, burnt me. Burnt you a disc. Burnt me a disc. A CDR. A CDR and a, and a, and a blue 45 second anti-skip, you know. <laughs> you know like, <laughs> I know you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. And, uh, um, and like 
I don't know what happened at that in that moment. <laughs> we were just yeah, we were just driving by this lake and like I'm loving this record and had to disappear completely. Um, rolls up and like it just changed everything. I don't know. It's hard to explain, man. It's just like everything changed. <laughs> I don't know. But that that record specifically though, um, um, uh, that that one did it for me. I got yeah. a I, yeah. I got a good story. I can't. I can't. I can't quite share it. Okay. On the internet, but I'll tell you. Okay. But it's afterwards. just it's just about the record. It's pretty benign, but Okay. That's cool. We can, we'll we can talk it. about it afterwards. Yep. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. For some reason, there I don't know, man. It's like something something just you tap into the universe somehow. Yeah. And it, it it's maybe not even the first time you've heard a song, but it's just the right moment. It's the right moment, yeah. It's the right moment. And a lot of those things happened when I was younger. I think there's something very cool and pure about being a kid and, you know, your, your parents are in charge of you. You don't make money. You can't make decisions. You kind of feel oppressed. You don't know what you're doing. Yep. You don't know how to talk to girls or what job you're going to like. Everything's fucking confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and then you just hear some song in the backseat of the car and like something about it's just right. Yeah. The, I think what you just said is totally right. But what I think changes is like people convince themselves that they're adults or they convince themselves that they ha they know what's going on. And so they, they like, they hold themselves together. Like, no, I am this thing. Really. There's no magical arch that we, we march through at age 20 where now we're an adult now you know it's really this entire world is just uh made of uh older children but seriously yeah you, you don't you don't you don't get you don't you don't get a uh certificate that says that you are now an adult and you can act like one and ha this is how you're supposed to act people are just living their like childhood uh, 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 trauma, traumas, dreams, and 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 concepts, and they're just older, and 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 we, we equate older with knowing what's going on, but no one knows what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's totally true. You, you know? think that when you're a kid, I used to, I used to be pretty fixated on the Twenty Seven Club. Yeah, Kurt Cobain, yep. Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, yep. Jim Morrison. I used to think. That if I didn't achieve something by then, that I I was I couldn't compare myself to these greats that had come before, mm -hmm. and that's like a crazy thing to compare yourself. Hundred percent. No, I know I know the mindset though, because it's like also that, that that's a that's a ripe mindset when you're twenty. You know, you you you're exposed to all this like this wonderful art that these people did. And, and they all, you know, they all died at 27. And, and so you got seven years. What can I do in seven years? Which is a good, good, good chunk of time for goals. I mean, like in my mind, there's like days uh, and then, and then there's like years, like what happens in the months is like really blurry. Like I got today and then I, I can like look out at a year and then like seven years is this like mystery, but uh but no, I know, I know what you're saying. Um, very unfair comparison, though. <laughs> it is. And the thing about some of those people that created this amazing art that uh, we'll be talking about forever is that somehow they were a part of something bigger. And I, I really feel like they were like some sort of weird sacrifice because they all 
put out insane stuff in a two, three, four year span, and then they died. It's like yeah. it's, it's like they had an entire lifetime of collective art scrunched into a couple years, and then the earth or the universe is like, fuck you, you're dead. I know. No, totally. And the thing is, is I think like the quality of that art um and 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 probably the demand on it from their, you know, the labels, the the industry, the fans, you know, caused the death of them. You know, it, 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 it is kind of like, I mean, I'm not like trying to make a Jesus analogy here, but like, like the government killed Jesus, like, like the people, the people brought him and like, and like, that's what, that's what the 27 club is. You know, it's not like, there's no car accidents, it's drug overdoses. Yeah. You know, and like, why are people addicted to drugs? It's like to cope with the pressures and stress of life and like maybe to like for a little creative muse or whatever, but like. That's, you know, with those people would likely be alive if they weren't insanely good at what they did. But also if they were still alive, they wouldn't, they'd be Keith Richards. They'd yeah. be fucking Rod Stewart. Yep. They'd be these ancient dinosaurs. No offense to those guys. Yep. Maybe they're awesome. Yep. Yep. They're, they'd be ancient dinosaurs that had six or seven shitty albums mm -hmm. It's a bad way to look at it, but no, that's the I cool know. thing about those people that died. That that's all we got. We got yeah. the Shannon Hoon uh, with Blind Melon. That's yeah. all we get, and it's fucking incredible. Yeah, no, I agree. It's weird. The Twenty Seven Club. It's just it is. It's it's uh it's weird. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, it gets more. Uh, notoriety than it should. They just happened to die. I know. When yeah, yeah, yeah. But the list it's not is like long. some conspiracy. The or list something. is long. Yeah, it's not a conspiracy. Other than like <laughs> the conspiracy is like you only can do a lot of drugs for a certain amount of time before you die. Yeah. Like which is not a conspiracy, but um, you know, again, that's 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 a reality of 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 uh, of, of of that world. This world. Well, yeah, it's an industry that uh, celebrates artistic achievement. And most of those people, like myself, and probably like you as well, are impulsive and get off on the thrill of doing crazy stuff. Because when you are successful at crazy, it is untouchable. Yeah. It's also, crazy is unknown. You know, you don't, you can't, you can't have a, a, a predictable end result when you enter some crazy fucked up moment. Um, and so whatever happens out of it is, is novel. You know, it's like, that's kind of keeps me on outside of the, the middle of the road. It's just like the middle of the road's it's so boring to me. So, so boring mm -hmm. that like, I'll, I'll get like depressed. I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll get. I'll just I'll hypnotized um, in apathy. Like I'm just blah, 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 blah. Like who cares, you know, until, and like, so it's, yeah. So the, 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 the impulsiveness is, is it's, it's a result of like trying to enjoy this experience. Not, it's not, it's not like a, it's not fueled by like any, nefarious thoughts it's just like how like i don't like i don't like to be bored i don't know <laughs> so sue me like what 
so let's 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 put a spring reverb on the bass like yeah. like you know like yeah. whatever but the thing is is like once once you once you once you poke the bear you know something rolls out that's unexpected and exciting for for everyone and i'm speaking extremely generally like you know it could be in the studio it could be in your relationship it could be like i'm gonna buy this car or whatever but like if you're not a little bit impulsive like and you're not bored call me how do you do it yeah yeah it's a different a different personality different mindset i know people and no offense to them they're they're great people but they they love routine they love nine to five they love i know and 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 you know what and and, I, I know exactly. And when I talk to these people, um, um, they sell, like when they're like, I'll get into this conversation. I'm like, how do you do it? Or like, well, they're like, isn't that boring or something? And like what they tell me back is really attractive. They're like, no man, the stability is like something you can count on. And like, I know I'm going to get a good night's sleep. And like my fridge is stocked all this shit. And you're like, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> no, no, I get it. Like, like the result works, yeah. but the process, um, to me, uh, I haven't, you know, I never found that process that gets me to that result comfortably. Yeah. It's not exciting enough. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah. And like th- this, ex- which it's so short, man, we'll be dead mm-hmm. tomorrow yep. and nobody will know who you are the next day. Mm-hmm. And that's life. So if, if that's life, then, 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 then wiggle it how you, how you, how you want, or at least attempt to. That's what I, that's what I like to say to people all the time, um, who are kind of scared to try things and, and, uh, just experience different parts of life. I'm like, Same. what, what are you, you're worried about embarrassment? Are, yeah. are you worried about, are you trying to become some important figure? Like Martin Luther King, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, uh, anybody who is an important figure in history. Do you really care about them? Do you, Julius Caesar, Jesus, do you really care? They were people who lived and died. Their stories and facts and books written about them. You really don't care. What you care about are the people you hang out with day to day, your kids, your family. Yep. Don't worry about anything. Yep. Just fucking have a good time. Have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have a good time. Don't, and you know, the, the golden rule is don't contribute to the suffering of others. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. that's that's it and then and if you're doing that having a good time like let keep keep the party rolling man and also having a good time like you said like to some people is the stability and uh hats off awesome rad love it can't can't have one without the other but it's just not it doesn't work for me <laughs> <laughs> i haven't you know i i would there's so many times i've wished that it that it that it could and that it would and and but knowing myself, I know that it won't, and so I can't I can't step forward with like a a a, a real stable thing. It's almost like, do you know who Artie Lang is? No, Artie Lang is a comedian who has a very very horrible history with drug use and hookers and trying to kill himself. And he was on the Howard Stern show. He's a hilarious dude. He's done some crazy stuff. He wrote some fucking hilarious books. It is incredible that he is still alive. He actually tried to kill himself. I think he stabbed himself in the stomach like nine times. And then his mom and his brother, I think, walked in. Can you imagine seeing that? Called called the the cops to got him. He's 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 wreck. Yeah. Uh, 
that's kind of who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Him sober is not really him. And I hate to say he's just a fucking drug addict forever, but you kind of got to figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can't just become the other thing. You're not going to become an accountant. I, you know, I, I, so I, I literally dream. There's part of me that dreams about it, though. Like, like, and, and you know what's interesting? It's, it's my, in, in my little dream fantasy, it's a dental hygienist. I don't know why, but it's sweet. But it's just like that, that, the, the stability is attractive. Like, 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 I understand why people like put up with the, the monotony, but, um, but no, you're right. I'm never going to be an accountant. No, I mean, I am a terrible accountant. <laughs> like, I'm so bad. It's hard. I still to, haven't done my taxes it, from 2020. No, for real. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's a fact. Uh, or I don't think 2019. <laughs> I have it on my, no, it's on my calendar uh, in a couple of weeks to do all my taxes. <laughs> Serious. Like, it's just, but the thing is, is. I haven't been able to. And when pe there's a lot of people that would be like, well, you just did, you don't prioritize it or whatever. It's just like when you're, when you're, when you're making money off of like really poor artists. And when I say making money, it sounds like I'm extorting them, but I'm working for them extremely hard. Uh, you don't get a lot of money. And when you don't, act, so you're always grinding. And when you're always grinding, the thought of doing your taxes it doesn't even, you're like, no, I have to do this or else I don't eat. Yeah. No, honestly, it's like, can't the government figure out how to take how many taxes well, I owe? of course they can. They can. TurboTax does not need to exist. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. No, so with all that too, it's just like, I kind of live like TurboTax doesn't exist and they have. And and frankly, I'm going to do my taxes <laughs> and then whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. And, yeah. And I'm not too worried about it. It's like, even if I get this million dollar tax bill which is obviously impossible cool yeah like i don't like i'm not actually concerned about uh so so kind of back to the the point of we live and we die if i spend my life concerned about taxes i'm not living <laughs> which put the, i mean i'm not i'm also not saying that that's responsible but almost i am saying that it doesn't matter mm -hmm. whether that is or is not responsible whether they get done on time or they don't in, 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 in I've, I've had a similar conversation with a handful of responsible people that <laughs> don't understand where I'm coming from. And, yeah. and, and that's actually what makes it an interesting conversation. But the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like it, it does. If you make it matter now, back, back to another golden rule is, is, is you create your own purpose, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So if, if ta taxes are not my purpose. Yeah. I'll do them. I'll pay them. Whatever. I don't mind. Like, but I also don't I haven't had time or the mental calories to like think about it. Because also, it's dude. It's 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 gnarly, man. I've like I have a bunch of uh, I, you know, you get dozens of like ten ninety nines. Yeah. Uh, and and also, I've moved. I've had uh, I've been in Portland for 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 almost fourteen years, and I've I've had uh, thirteen addresses. Yeah, for you, real. You just move every year because it's fun. Maybe I, and 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 the first the first place I lived, uh, I lived for three years. So there was a, a moment in the in the in the in the housing insanity, 2016, 17, 18, where I was moving like every six months. Because the thing is, is like 
a, a big a big thing that's kept this train rolling is low overhead. And low overhead is like not paying a lot of rent. And yeah. but you pay you pay for it in other ways. You know, it's like here's a room for X amount of money. You're cold. You're whatever. You're, you're there's something that you have to pay for. And uh, uh, the the thing that I've paid for is like you got to get out because we're selling the house, or or the lease is up and nobody's renewing. And do you want to renew? I'm like the whole house. No, I gotta go. <laughs> so you know, so like there's just I've had to. Um, that's been a a, a a big challenge. And so like frankly, <laughs> I don't know where these. 1099s are getting sent to or like I don't like the you know like I got a bankruptcy under my belt from a previous business uh, 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 experiment I guess we could call it um, that that like the government couldn't find where I lived they're trying to garnish my wages but I'm like an independent contractor oh, they was, could totally find you if they wanted it to was nuts. that's ridiculous I know I don't think I owed them enough money where they cared enough like actually one of those things but but Again, these things they they stack up, and then there's there's a moment where you got to go. If I care about this pillar of bullshit, it will it will it will totally take over um, the 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 opportunities that I have right now. Yeah, to to move forward in this world that I find extremely interesting. Yeah, so let's go back to you in the studio doing the things that you love that you care about mm-hmm. because that's what the goal is that's what the focus is the focus is so you're in the studio and you've been there you said for 10 14 i well i i made my first record like for money when i was 19 how long have you been at jackpot 10 years 10 years yep okay and you you don't have to name specific specifics if you don't want to just because whatever but in those 10 years so you got hired and you came in and you were probably a little green Super green. Oh, shit. Super green. So, were you yeah, just yeah. an ins- assistant for a while? Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, the story's pretty cool. I, you know, full circle, uh, I, I achieved my bankruptcy um, <laughs> with a, a coffee business where my business partner totally fucked me over. Like, super tough. Super rough. Like, real, real, real uh, intentional yanking of all my cash. Hmm. And... Um, I was walking with two five-gallon buckets of paint, like before the whole all the bullshit went down from uh, the paint store to paint the walls at the coffee shop. When when Larry called me, um, and was like, "Do you want to be the Do you want to be the assistant at Jackpot?" And you know, I was like, "Totally." And the thing is, is like the whole business venture for, with the coffee shop was so I had time, so I had uh, I had control of my time. Yeah. Um. So, the uh, so you you wanted to make money at the coffee shop so that you could have something making money for you so that you could actually pursue what you wanted to correct. pursue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and really, instead of having money, like with my mindset of 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 low overhead, it was time. Like time is kind of my currency. Like so, you know, if I could schedule someone else to be working, I would have time to do what I wanted yeah. to do. But anyways, um, uh, you know, actually, let me backtrack before that, too, uh, because I was working at a, a coffee. Co- I was roasting coffee. I was a coffee roaster. And um, I met Larry at a bar at uh, Coney Island. 
on Hawthorne. Did you know who he was? Yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, he was he was with his 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 lovely wife, and um, and they were chatting. And I was like, oh shit! I'm like, there's Larry. I was just with a friend, and then like there's I was like, oh, you should go say hi. And I was like, nah, I don't want to bother him. Like he's enjoying himself. I'm not gonna go be like music, blah 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 blah. But I I had briefly met him one um um in Arizona, and I talked about moving to Portland. And he's like, and he kind of gave me this thing. He's like, nah. Not, he didn't say don't do it, but it's just like saturated. Um, so, anyways, I you know I had like two drinks, and 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 his wife went to the restroom, and I was like, I'm just gonna go say hi real quick. And so I did, and I was like, you know, we met at uh, uh, in Phoenix briefly, and here I am. I did move to Portland, and he was like, oh, you know, blah blah blah. His wife comes back. She's like, have you checked out the studio? And I was like, actually, I haven't. And she's like, you should. And I was like, I will. And so uh, I did. I, I went to the studio and I brought him coffee that I roasted. And, and then like we chatted for an hour. It was rad. And, um, and then like a week or two later, he emailed me. He's like, hey, man, that coffee was pretty good. Like, he's like, it's really tough for me to get Stumptown on the weekly. Could you bring me coffee? And I was like, yeah, totally. So like I was like once a week, I would, I would be bringing like a pound of coffee um, and like for a year, a year and a half, you know, where I never went past the second door at a jackpot. I was just the coffee dude. Huh. And, you know, but he knew I was into music and stuff. And, and so that turned into, um, assisting. That's how that happened. I wonder if he was feeling you out just to be like, totally. how dedicated is, oh, is this guy? In, in, in some sense, totally. Yeah. You know, like, like, and, and, but the thing is like, in my mind, it was kind of hilarious because I had, I had come from Phoenix all the way to Portland in this like music mindset. And like, I was actually kind of living the dream, like being a coffee roaster, giving co- coffee to Jackpot, <laughs> like in my mind, my like, yeah. you know, 20 whatever year old mind. And, uh, but, but, but uh, I forget what the original question was, but that's, that's kind of the origin of like, like I was, I was delivering coffee before I was ever doing sessions or something like so that. So you get in there and you start doing sessions mm-hmm. and you obviously had knowledge of mic technique and, uh, you know, signal flow and, mm-hmm. and, uh, tape machines. Yep. And so you got in there, you, you knew enough to kind of make it happen, yep. but. Well, I, and the, the, what you just said is totally true. And the thing that I did not have knowledge in is pro tools, hmm. which is like, you know, the industry standard software. Yeah. But at that point in time, it wasn't, quite there was it it was oh was it uh, absolutely man like uh, you had to know it and i didn't at all i was on cubase because it came free with the presonus firepod yeah and i was just like that's all that's all i knew that's all i could afford so like um so but, t- tell people what pro tools is uh pro tools yeah it's this it's, it's this uh software that all recording studios professional use um it's basically the digital computer version of recording on a tape machine yeah yeah sure yeah Yeah, that's you know and and there's the only reason that everyone uses it is because everyone uses it yeah you know it's not better than anything else but it's how you know we we talk to each other you know here's the here's the session it is expected that you have pro tools and you know what's going on yeah and when you don't um you know that's kind of nerve-wracking but i mean larry showed me you know, he was, he's red. He's, he, 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 he really let me, uh, figure it out. And I did, uh, and then, and then he shows up, uh, I was assisting for something one day. And at the end of the day, he's like, uh, you know, who just booked some time. 
And I was like, oh, who? And he's like, built a spill. And I was like, oh, sweet. He's like, yeah. I was thinking, um, he's like, I can't do it. He's like, Sam Coombs uh, was producing it. And Sam's obviously like a wickedly um, good musician, mm-hmm. amazing ears. And uh, uh, they they didn't need like a full-blown like engineer, engineer. And I knew the basics and that record was to tape. So I didn't actually have to know Pro Tools. And he's like, I was thinking of having you on it, or, you know. And I was like, what are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? I'm the coffee guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was like, all right, let's do it. And it was totally rad. It was totally cool. It totally worked out. In in and um, but yeah, it was definitely sink or swim. Um, and and uh, but once and it was great, man. Working working with those those working with everyone in that scenario was just such a a blessing for a young interested engineer. You know, I think that's really important. Um. Some people can do stuff for a long time and be really good at it, but they're kind of bitter and they just take it for granted. But if you get a young kid who is like really passionate about it, mm-hmm. you, you can teach him anything. Yeah, you know, totally. And it sounds like that's what happened with you. Yeah, to, to, to a certain degree. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm still that young kid. I'm just not like- How old know, are you? 36. 36. But like- I've, I've, I've a, I've, there's, uh, I have a, a concept like musicians don't age like normal people. Yeah. Like I've, I've like hung out with like, you know, 60 plus year old musicians who literally there's no age. They don't look at people like they're younger or older. Like they don't, they don't treat people mm-hmm. with the age hierarchy that society has decided to like treat people with mm-hmm. um and that is a common thread throughout like life lifetime musicians mm-hmm. it's just an observation from 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 the chair it's pretty cool yeah and so like being able to kind of like be in that scenario be super young but not have the people above me be you know be um tr- treat me in in a in a way that like assumes that a younger person is stupider <laughs> you know <laughs> Uh, was really valuable in that moment. Well, yeah, if you're, if you're an established engineer, it seems like you would be much smarter to bring in someone young who has fresh ideas because I, I don't know, the older I get anything, I think about anything. I'm always like, maybe I'm just too set in my ways. Well, definitely. I need somebody else to be like, no dude, what the fuck are you doing? Definitely. I mean, the thing is, is we're all too set in our ways. Everyone. Like we think that we un- we think we know what's going on. Kind of back to what we were talking about earlier. I, f- I forget if we were recording or not. But like, uh, uh, once the magic of like that 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 period of time when you're you know fifteen to twenty two is over with, um, well, it's not really over with. It's a mindset. You, you, you've convinced yourself that now you know what you're supposed to do. Now you know how people are supposed to view you. Now you know how, what, what, what you need to do in order to get to a place where you think you should go. And all that shit's bull. It's just not actually reality. It, I'm, it, I'm not saying that it's not valuable to some people, but it's not how the cookie crumbles in real life. Life happens and, and it plays out in a way that actually 
I guarantee you, you could not predict. Yeah. You know? And and if, if you know that, then you kind of go into every scenario just like live in the moment, <laughs> you know? And that's, that's, yeah. that's like one of the biggest things I probably picked up throughout this, like this, 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 this life is, uh, it's just, you know, the, the rubber meets the road in a moment. Life is a moment. Um, and you cannot think your way out of consequences of the future. You know, you're just like, well, that's not going to happen to me. Like, well, yeah, it might, or, or it won't, but you don't know that right now. Uh-huh. So don't, don't make decisions right now where you're banking on that going to happen. Like uh-huh. that's then, then you're, you're going to set yourself up to be kind of screwed. Well, yeah. You end up stunting yourself because you assume something's going to happen. Yeah. Which we all do. That's the thing is like, like it, it's hard to avoid. That's yeah. how our mind works, but it's just not how it happens in, in, in reality, if that makes any sense, you know? So when you go to work over the, the last stretch that you've been at Jackpot mm-hmm. and you, regardless of, of who the talent is and who you know you're going to be working with, do you go in to work each day thinking, I mean, you must go in just like a blank slate. You have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. Totally. Um, I go in and the thing is, is like, uh, there's a lot of respect from, from, from my perspective with, with someone who has a fringe idea that is spending the time and the money to go, like go to jackpot, for example. Um, and, and more so than the time and the money to go to jackpot, it's the time in the interest of developing whatever idea they're developing. And like that, that process deserves a lot of respect regardless of what, what you think about it. Like, it's like, there's things that I haven't understood or gotten in certain moments that I realize retrospectively that are wickedly cool and, 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 and vice versa, to be honest. But the point is, is just like the, 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 you know, the, the 50 year old from Coos Bay that drives down to, to record like some super bizarre thing uh, is like just as valid or maybe more so than like the local young punk band or something. Like it's mm-hmm. like, like that, the, the, the process of making music and, and, and putting yourself in these positions uh, of vulnerability and financial turmoil, like it's expensive man, to, to record, right? Like it's like in these, these people that are not expecting an, a return on their investment are sh- doing it. To me, that means well. It it, it it like it demands a certain amount of respect that that I bring to the table every day because I'm just like, look, you showed up, man, and it's not like you just showed up today. Like you showed up for the last like three years for this idea for this day. Mm. You just, you you spent three years writing this thing that like I don't care if I like or not. The fact that you did that and then you spent the money to show up today is like I'm going to show up today too. I didn't think about that really until you just said it that way. You, you have no idea what anybody put into anything. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been 10 years it, that they were working on A lot on of that. times it is. And so if you show up and you're just a douchebag engineer who like doesn't care, who's like worried about like whatever you're worried about, you, you know, it, it can like poison a scene. Yeah. You, you have... 
not to like go to your head or something, but you have a lot of power and a lot of influence. If you're a shithead, when you show up, totally, it's going to influence the entire session. Correct. Oh, hundred percent. It's going to influence every, it's going to influence a lot, a lot. So you, I mean, you kind of got to keep your, your conscience clean and your, like your, your, your motives like pure and, 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 you know, over time, the people that stick around, like generally have, uh, even, you know, people with massive success would still be doing the things that they're doing without it. They just, because of it, they got the success. But yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I've learned so, so many valuable life lessons that are totally outside the music realm from total random, totally random people that I would never meet in the real world, ever meet in the real world. But we spent three days in the studio and now we're like lifelong friends and like super, you know. Yeah. You, you help them achieve their vision, which is like pretty big. Yeah. And it's like, then that's that every time it's a challenge and like, but I show up like really like, I mean, authentically and earnestly, like it's like if they're showing up, like I'm, I'm receiving a, a financial uh, benefit uh they're <laughs> they're accruing a, a accruing a, a financial deficit <laughs> so it's it's just like it's like and, and that's how work works but the thing is, is when you mix that with art you, you 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 it feels real shady man to like take someone's money and not give a shit yeah you know and outside of that it's just wrong when you care about the art form you know it's just wrong so that's tough though sometimes because what we were talking about earlier, when you have to work on something over and over and over again. I think about the accountants. That's their every day, you know? Yeah. It's just like a week for me or something. But the thing is, is like it still doesn't, even when it's really bad, which is like really rare, honestly, um, I still like, I still muster up the the like, I, I still care about the deeply about the person that's that's bringing it to the table. And here, here's an example that 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 really actually gets me gets me by and gets me motivated is sometimes there'll be these like weekend warrior bands that you know they're trying to do like let's say six songs on a Saturday and a Sunday mixed out the door, which is like a lot of work. So how many hours is that per day? Ten hours a day. Ten hours a day, like on paper, but. It will stretch out to like 12, 13, yeah. a lot of times. And, uh, uh, you know, over time, you, you, you see the, the hierarchy of, of how these bands works. And like, I'm, for, for the example, I'm just going to pick on the bass player just because. But, you know, oftentimes the bass player will be just like the yes man. Oh, okay. Like, and like, he'll kind of get bossed around maybe, or like, you can tell that his voice isn't really heard and 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 i take that like like all right i want to hear what this bass player has to say because or like i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna pump up this bass player's like ego on talkback like you know a bass line was sick or whatever the fuck (laughs) and uh and oftentimes it is it's just no one's saying it you know um but 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 the point is is like when they leave when they leave the studio they are like they're 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 stoked on so much more than just like the music that they just made. You know, it's like it's like they they just brought you know and a lifetime of experience to a collaborative moment. 
you know, and when you when you're able to like positively reinforce that, you you see kind of people like uh, transform. It's not like some like it's not like some like woo crazy transformation, but it's just like what if the thing that you did in your basement or for a decade all of a sudden was supported. It turns on a switch that you didn't know you had, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the kind of like, that's the, like when someone, when you were talking about the power of the influence that like an engineer has, like more so than like the end result of this song, you, you get that end result by, 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 by playing the people's personalities in, in the sessions. Well, yeah, you get to be like we talked about, or like I said earlier, you get to be the fifth member. If there's four members in the band, you're kind of the fifth. You are an external source who can kind of see the different personalities and maybe you get to help the bass player support his ideas a little bit more than anyone else would. Yeah. And also just be like, cool. This entire band has this hierarchy structure. I'm new to this table. Yeah. I don't follow it. That's so important though. You're you are an, you're That's, an external source. Yeah, yeah. So that you, maybe hopefully they trust. It's the thing, you've got to gain the trust. And in order to gain the trust, you have to have decent ideas. And you have to be bold on your like impl- implementation of them. Like well, you got to be honest too, right? Oh yeah. Then you got to say if it's awesome or you got to say if it sucks. That's what that's what a lot of people like uh they're like, "Well, what happens when, you know, blah, blah. I'm just like, you tell them that it's not good and do it again." <laughs> Like, you know, it's like, look, time is money. I respect you as a person yeah. bringing it to the table yeah. and it needs to happen again. So let's go. Yeah. You know, but totally. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be honest. That's something that I like, uh, I switched on early on. I was just, cause some people aren't and you can't, you know, this is an example. After your friend's band plays a show, there's one thing that you say to them after that, no matter what, good show. Hey, that was awesome. Whether it was or wasn't, you might hash that out later, depending on how close of friends you are. But but in the studio, that wastes money. Oh, that was great. Was it? No, you got to do it again. So I'm just going to not say that that was good. There's different levels of great, though. There is, there's not great because they weren't tight. There's not great because nobody's fucking playing with any heart. Correct. Like there's so many elements. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. You got to figure out what, what they need, what needs to happen in order to like produce the thing you think they're capable of. So how often does somebody come in and you can tell they have talent and they just can't, some people can't perform on cue. Mm hmm. I mean, that's got to be like a huge challenge if you're in the studio and time is money. Mm-hmm. If they can't, you can't just quite capture like the live sound or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Well, you you got to. That's your job. You got to figure it out, you know? Um, so, I mean, do you act as a producer in some ways then? Like the inspiring ha- them and like, hey, you guys are fucking killing it. Yeah, the, the hats have totally, totally been blurred. There's the line between engineer and producer is really just how much the person that's or the artist is willing to listen. And sometimes they're like not they don't want to hear pr- production ideas, totally rad. Other times they need they need it. Mm-hmm. And you got to figure that out real quick and you got to like give them what they want, not necess- and also you got to give them a little bit what they need. It's it's a really tight balance of of figuring out that side of it 
um, it really, really is. It's, it's, and I, I love it. It's part of like, I really, really love the psychology behind trying to figure out what someone's capable of, what they're bringing to the table and how much time we have in order to get the best result. Yeah, man. I can't think of any specifics off the top of my head, but you could have an insanely talented person, Michael Jackson, uh, whoever, I'm drawing a blank. You could have some incredibly talented person who comes in to record and if they're not inspired in some way, like uh, there's a ton of recordings where they're not quite perfect, but you love them because you know, like Aretha, Aretha, Aretha Franklin. Absolutely. You know, like there's so much passion involved yeah. in it. You forgive the fact that it's not perfect. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's definitely. that's almost more important sometimes. It's definitely more important because you're capturing a moment in not, time. Not even sometimes. I mean, a hundred percent of the time. Like I said, like I said earlier, it's like it, it's it's a moment. You're in a moment. It's, you can't you can't think about the end result in the future of how it's going to be. Like it's got to be. It's got to represent what it needs to represent in the now, in the moment. But with that said. Um. Uh, 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 the, uh, so when when we look back to like Aretha Franklin and and those records that are not perfect or, or they're like even janky but per, but feel great they're all it's live it's human those are live takes by humans and and they're humans that care right so they're even their fuck ups are like are are are. In, not the, the 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 recovery of the fuck up is intentional and 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 urgent. You know they care. You got a bunch of humans caring in a room, trying hard, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's the process that you gotta that you gotta reassemble. Is you gotta get a bunch of humans in a room together that care, mm-hmm. and then you gotta then you just gotta massage it. And that's how magic happens. It's like, it's not an, a process in editing. It's not a process in pre-production. It's in a moment in the now. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get people together on the same page. Because yeah. on the opposite side of it, there's so many recordings that are perfect and sterile, right? And that's that's a whole genre, and that works for things like. Yeah car commercials and like <laughs> what and, and you know what the world needs all that shit but like if 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 at the end of the day you're going into the studio to try to recreate or create a a vibe or or you know quote unquote magic you got to get you got to get multiple people in the same room that care it's not one person can do it but f- they can usually just do it on their own and they'll come to you with all the shit that they recorded to mix it mm-hmm. but but if you're in the recording process it's like two humans playing off each other live in a moment is going to produce non-perfection that feels right. Yeah. You know? And, and so this was just got to keep rolling on that until it works. You can sense it. It, it, you made me think of, uh, Bob Dylan, like a Rolling Stone. Mm -hmm. I forget what the guy's name was, but he wasn't supposed to be playing on the record. He was playing organ. Organ player. And he he comes in like half a beat too late. It's great. Yeah. I love that shit, man. fucking killed it. Perfect. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That, 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 that stuff you can't, you can't, you can't, you, and that's what I'm talking about when you say you, you can't fix the future in, in, uh, with what you have in a moment. Like you can't, you can't predict that, right? You can't be like, Oh yeah, you're gonna be playing. It's just like he was available. He knew mm-hmm. how to play some chords. He didn't know <laughs> what was going on. 
but he cared and he was in the room with a bunch yeah. of other people you yeah. know and that's and that's the result i love that story too uh, yeah all yeah. those stories like that i love those man. And, and, and music history is riddled with them because because especially back in the tape days like it's just this was this was a i mean it was it's kind of like an archaeological project of like of of printing sound waves to magnetic tape that work together like it's it's a little bonkers it's a little it's a little uh uh there's no going back at a certain p- point and fixing anything so whatever it is has to be accepted well, yeah, that's why i mean all those early beatles albums sounded so terrible because they had four tracks they would record three then they would Put, the, they would bounce those three to the one, then they would get three. Once those three got bounced to the one, yeah, that was it. Yeah, and sometimes that <laughs> those were done, and that one would be panned like hard left, and that's like kick drum, tambourine, and like background vocal or something, you yeah. know. And it's just it sounds wonky, but no, the the early Beatles recordings were terrible. But also, what year was that? Everything was t- like well, they were experimenting you know? with stuff. They were doing stuff that no one else and no one knew what right. you were supposed to do in stereo. Like everything was mono until sixty four or something. Yeah, sixty two. Yeah, yeah. So them it, putting Ringo's snare drum far left. Yeah, th- nobody had ever done that before. Uh, yeah. the stereo didn't exist. It wasn't wrong. It no. still isn't. No, it. I love all those recordings. Yeah, but I'm yeah, saying yeah, when, no, I know what you're saying. When you compare them to modern stuff, you're like, oh, absolutely. What the fuck were they so, doing? Also, if you if you if you use the same material and use the modern a modern recording um, um, technique and process, well, you know, would the magic be there? No, that's why it's so cool. So um, when so in, to, on that, if you were trying to create something special, m- like it's not advice. I'm not like I don't want to give advice to anyone, but like. You got to let it go in the moment of seeing it through. You got to just prepare, just prepare as good as you want to, but show up and, and it's not precious. It's, you're going to be dead. No one's going to care ever, forever. Mm-hmm. You're never, no one, you're not going to make a lot of money from it. Just know all these things. <laughs> Seriously. And then show up and be like, this is what I got going on and see what happens. That's when something cool happens. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know, it's. So do you ever give pep talks to people when they come in? Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's, it's probably a bad habit of mine. Because <laughs> you, the, after, after two or three takes, you, you, you see what's available and you see where you're at and you see how much time you have left. And then you're like, what can we do? And then you have a conversation. That's what it's all about. You know, it's about having a conversation. It's about setting expectations, not necessarily from, it's, it's setting expectations about what you think is possible and then seeing what the artist says back. And sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, that's, I could do that. I could do – some people, they can sing with this, like, crazy, raspy voice with, with, with amplitude and range. And, like, you know, two takes, you're like, oh, shit. Like, can they, like, can they sustain this? And then so they come back in to listen and you ask them, you know, like, do you have – can you keep doing? They're like all day long. I can huh. do this forever, and you're like, what? And then some people come in and they're they're done after three takes, like because they're, they're they're giving it, you know. And I understand, but you, it's not a fault of, of 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 their voice. It's just you have to recognize what's available, how much time you got left, and 
what the desired end result is. And then you got to communicate, have a conversation about that. And a lot of times that sounds like a pep talk. Mm-hmm. You know, well, a lot of times the first take is the best. Just a lot because, of times it is. I mean, I, I think about people who have to act in movies. Um, God damn it, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, Brad Pitt. No, the the <laughs> director, the famous director that did uh, Clockwork Orange. Um, so I'm like notorious. I haven't seen like any movies ever in my life. It's really bonkers, God but Tarantino. No, um, <laughs> I can't think of his name. He's a super <laughs> famous director. Um, he is notorious for making his actors do hundreds of takes mm-hmm. because I don't know what his thought process was something about they do it so many times that it becomes like natural yeah, character, yeah, yeah. I guess. But in music to me, sometimes the more you do it, the more homogenized it is. Yeah. Like you, that first take or the second or third, yeah. there's some sort of energy that's in that. It's way different from the 45th take. I agree 100%. I, from, from my experience, it's how well uh, like prepared the song is and not, not, not saying that a not well-prepared song is worse or better, but if a song isn't realized to its final uh, version before you hit the studio, you got to spend like an hour doing takes in order to get the tempo and all the changes right if a, if a band's doing it. And then once it's solidified, once the, the form is solidified, that magic, I feel, rises. Yeah. Is possible. But before that, it's like the tempos are slow, everyone's screwing up. It's you know, it's 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 a mash, which is cool too. It's like seeing a song come to life is fun. But um but if a if a band's like super well rehearsed and they're like, you know, we got six songs to do on Saturday and Sunday, and they show up a lot a lot of times that first take is the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Uh I just heard a really interesting story about it's probably the same movie director you're talking about uh, that I don't know either. Um, that th- this actor was doing this take and it wasn't right, and he 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 called like a a break on the set and had the actor sit next to him, and they sat in silence for 20 minutes, and then he's like, "Go do it," and then first take after that 20 minutes, hmm. they got it. You know, and it's it's like a it's like a famous scene too. It's like a a moment in in cinema, and and I mean, I totally understand what like from both perspectives. We don't need to talk about what just happened. You were there, right? But you need time away from what just happened for whatever for for to not do the same screw ups that you've been doing, mm-hmm. or to not present how you've been presenting. Yeah. You just need a like quite literally 20 minutes and uh and whenever that whenever the thing settles down or i you know i will obviously this was an extremely short story that i heard via some some interview but you know he's like all right go try it again then they got it first take so it's like you gotta you that's a big deal breaking you're gonna repeat like 50 percent of the thing that you just did yeah Every single time, unless there's well, a and gap. Your, your confidence diminishes. The more times you fuck up in a row, you just oh, I'm terrible. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this. Like yep. if you just take a little break, yeah, I can yeah. see how that works. So it's 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 a that 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 whole mind game is it's pretty interesting. 
Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. That's who I was looking for. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you are involved in a very fascinating process that I have been fortunate enough to study and understand and spend a lot of my time in my life um, pursuing and uh, ed- uh, educating myself about. You get to do it every day. And have to do it every day. Have to do it every day. <laughs> or else you don't eat. <laughs> so you can get food. Um, it's so cool, man. It's so cool. You've worked with some incredible artists. Yeah. You have laid your personality and your stamp on tons of albums that have been printed and sold and processed. And you're a part of this thing every day. And that's what's so cool to me about what you do is that you just go to work. You don't know what's going to happen. You go in, you talk to some people, maybe somebody eats a burrito at lunch and they get acid reflux and then it makes them play guitar faster. Like no, there's totally. any number of yeah, things yeah, yeah, that can yeah. happen that totally influence. It's like a, it's like a, a, a domino effect. It's really, every single day, every single day. It's really, it's really, it's really wild. Some of my favorite uh, uh, conversations are with other engineers that that live live a similar day to day, unpredictable day to day, and like the stories just back and forth are hilarious, like hilarious. Where like you know m- my whatever I'm bringing to the table, whatever I'm telling them is just they're they're dying laughing, and 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 likewise, you know. And there's different genres, different parts of the world, the country that 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 different scenes are 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 you know, based out of, and, and it's a really, it's a really fascinating world. You know, it's, it's not that, um, it's not that reliable or that sustainable. It's not, it's straight up not. And like, that's part of the, this again, this is like, well, I've gotten this far. Might as well just like keep, keep pushing. Mm -hmm. But, but if, if you, I, I would like to pull like, you know, a hundred engineers, that, whatever. Like if you were like 10 years in, if you were to, 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 to be able to go back in time and change your career trajectory at 20, would you like that? Like, d- d- you know, there'd be a shitload of engineers that say, f- absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. I would not do this again. Hmm. I've gotten this far, thank God, and I'm able to, you know, feed myself and and put a roof over my head. But like there's sacrifices, man. Like you don't have you don't have like the personal life of a normal person at all. In what way? Uh, it doesn't make any sense for you to be 25 uh, to be dating someone and then you you know, broke as shit, no health insurance, living in a basement. And then, you know, and they're like, might be mildly supportive or like understanding. And then like you spend $2,000 on a compressor. (laughs) They, they just look at you and they're just like, there's no future in this decision-making, you know? And that's just one scenario, you know? And then, and then there's the hours, you know, and there's the, 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 you know, you're constantly having to print mixes and stems for shit that you did years ago. And it, it, it becomes really weird for other people to like accept that that's what they're going to have to deal with for a long term. So like your personal life just really is not 
what other people experience. Well, yeah, I, I asked you that when I reached out to you to ask you to come hang out with me. What What is your normal schedule? Is it like two to 10, two to midnight, something like that? Well, if I'm a jackpot, I'll, I'll, I usually schedule it like uh, 10 to eight, nice. 10, 10 to eight. But like recently I've been um, finishing this project that I like love dearly. Um, it's been, we've, we've, a year plus on, we recorded it in Iceland. It's like, yeah, yeah. This like r- real, real rad project. And I'm like, I'm, I'm so deep in it that I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm doing a night shift. Like I, when I called you earlier, like I just woke up, I've been sleeping like during the days I've been sleeping like these like four hour, four hour periods. Um, you know, every, whatever, 12, 16 hours. So right before you came here, you slept four hours. Yeah. For real. You're, you're, you're very and, articulate. And so then, <laughs> then I'm, I'm going to go eat dinner at my friend's house down the street. And then I'm going to go to work for, you know, probably midnight till like five or six in the morning. And then I'll sleep for, I don't know. Because you're going to edit or you're working with somebody in a different time zone. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Both on this one. Um, uh, but I'm going to, the thing is, is like at the end, the last 10% of a record is probably the hardest. Yeah. You said that. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm there right now with a lot of tracks and I can't, I can't grind it out. I have to be like rested and fed and slept and like, I, and I can't keep that schedule from a normal person. It just doesn't, it's just not working that like I have to cut off. A, I have to like actually not respond to emails and not. Uh, I can't do a lot of like things that normal people do to keep up their life when I'm in this zone. And, uh, so here I am, but like, that's, I also kind of like it. So that's life. Well, that makes me appreciate you even more. Hey, you made the time. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to shut it down right now. I would really like it if you came back and we talked about yeah, more. I, get, I wanted to go through a bunch of songs and yeah. talk about snare drums Dude, and all I'm, kinds I'm of- I'm in. I love nerding out. Okay. I got the answers. You got to well, not the back. right answers, but I definitely, I could, we could talk about it for sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, man. Awesome. Let's do it. Thank you. Yeah, totally.